Welcome to Haunts and Creeps. This is our delayed episode. <laughs> yeah. Back to the future. I am your host, Rosemary. And I am your host, Asia. <laughs> Asia's the host. And today... That was the joke, Asia. God. <sighs> <laughs> today we are covering an international episode. It takes place in Australia. I have it's a two-part today because I got two small stories and I thought they were fun enough to share. Uh, structured a little differently. The Asia, second one is what? Why the fuck does Australia only got two haunted things in it? Oh, they've got more. Oh. I just did all my notes today, so oh. I didn't have enough time to look into them. Fair enough. It's a teaser. Yes, teaser episode. We'll definitely be coming back to Australia. There's more. Um. So the second part, so part two of it, it's going to be our usual, here's the structure, history type shit, and then the haunting. But the first one is a little different. Ooh. But before we get into it, what's your disturbing fact? Yes. Okay. It's the same week as last week. I forgot to come up with a second disturbing fact. So I just thought about it in my head. And I think because it disturbs me a lot, all the time continuously. So, for those of you that don't know, there is a zombie fungus. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. let that sick, sink in. Yes, a zombie fungus. It's called cordyceps. And the way cordyceps works is primarily it attacks ants. But, here's the thing about cordyceps and why it's so fucking creepy. Somehow, with some sort of chemical process, cordyceps mind controls the ant host. Mm-hmm. And before it's it... F- yes? I would say it's my favorite fungus. I think it is badass as shit. Yeah, and that's <laughs> part two of my disturbing fact is that Asia thinks it's her favorite fungus. <laughs> I think it's cool as shit. The fact that a fungus, which according to most science, is not intelligent, somehow has the ability to zombify an ant, yo, take over yo, its yo, body, yo. and travel. Slow down, slow down. I want to tell the creepy part, bro. Okay. <clears throat> Cordyceps, creepy as fuck. It's a fungus. It invades an ant's body. And while the ant is still alive, through some chemical process, it controls the ant and makes the ant... Uh travel away from its colony, climb up a branch of like a tree or a bush or whatever to a specific height with a specific humidity. And then it takes the ant and makes its jaw clamp onto that uh, plant at that height. And then the ant dies and it stays there because its jaw is clamped and it makes its muscles basically do rigor mortis so that it stays clamped. Plus, Mm -hmm. after the ant is dead, cordyceps take, you know, uses all of the nutrients and whatnot in the ant's body and creates a little fungal spore thing. It's like an antenna. It's like an antenna. It's like if you take, when you take a little seed and it shoots out a root it's like that. A sprout. But it's a fucking zombie fungus. So a little sprout comes out of the ant's body. And at the end of the sprout, because the zombie fungus made the ant crawl and plant itself at the right height and humidity in the jungle floor or whatever, the little sprout comes out and releases a bunch of spores that go and infect other ants. And the reason it's called a zombie fungus is because the ant's a fucking zombie. It spreads this fungus. And there's a whole ass movie about how possibly this fungus could become zoonotic. I don't know if it's zoonosis through, like, between people and ants. But a zoonotic disease that could travel between ants and people and create the next zombie apocalypse. That's the theory of the game The Last of Us. Yes, and it's also the theory of some zombie movie that I saw, and I totally forget what it's called. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. 
Cordyceps. Favorite fungus. Cool as shit. It's like sentient in its coherence to be able to move a body to where it needs to be to spread itself further and continue the process. It's like weirdly sentient, but really it's just the perfection of freaking... No, it's not a virus, bro. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's a fungus. Okay? I know it's a fungus. (laughs) It's It's a fungi. The perfection of evolution. This fungus has evolved perfectly to create the perfect chemical reactions inside an ant's brain to do these exact things and that's almost creepier than a sentient fungus because i don't know it doesn't give a fuck it's just doing its thing sorry Mm -hmm. there you go what's your disturbing thing my roommate's back what my roommate was gone and now he's back oh (laughs) i literally thought you meant his physical back I thought you were going to tell me, like, it's hairy and oily. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's so disturbing about this, Asia? You can't talk too much shit. This is, you know, on the air. (laughs) Yeah, and my room is right next to his. Whoa. Dangerous territory. Spicy. Yes. You're brave. So it's just more of, I appreciated the time... Where the house was void of the presence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. You know, as Mm -hmm. soon as I moved into an apartment by myself, I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. It's just me and I love it. Yep. Alright. So, originally, I was planning to do the Fremantle Prison in Australia, but... With the little bit of research I was able to get done today, I got more history than spooks. It's like, I don't have time to search for this, so that I'll have to come back to it at a later time. I almost have more fun with the history than the spooks. I do too, but it was very chronically. Um, and I didn't want to bore everyone. Mm. And due to its history, there was a lot in... I would have to do some really deep digging because there's definitely rumors of hauntings, but with the hour I spent looking at it, there wasn't enough information at the time to be able to do an in-depth episode on it. So like I said, we're coming back to Australia and hopefully by then I can find the time to dig up some more on Fremantle prison. Hell yeah. All right. So what did you pick? I chose to do two things, like I stated at the beginning. We're going to start with the Devil's Pool. Mm, that sounds promising. It just so happens there are two of them. I'm covering the one in Queensland's rainforest in Australia, but there's another in Zimbabwe. I looked it up. And sadly, it is not haunted. Oh. I was hoping to do a double feature of the Devil's Pools, plural, but aside oh, from... Cool. <laughs> Aside from it being a body of water that has waterfalls at the edge, there's no, like, imminent otherworldly danger. Yeah, like, what... So, like, in Colorado... Pretty sure it's Colorado. There's the Devil's Thumb, right? We have the Devil's Thumb and the Devil's Backbone? Something like that. So, why mm-hmm. are these called the Devil's Pools? Like, what's what's got to do with the Devil? The one in Zimbabwe, I'm not sure. The one in Queensland Rainforest... I'll let you decide. Mm, Yes. Choose my own adventure. Okay. So, these are taken from multiple different articles. Uh, If you wish to look at them, we have... If you're a Patreon, you have access to our notes on our Google Drive. So, you can see everything. You can see that are in our notes. You can see all of our links to different sources and all that. You mean people be looking... At my notes? Yeah, that makes it fun. my god. I'm gonna have to go back and clean those up. Don't edit it. (laughs) Don't edit it. That's part of the fun. Oh god, okay. Okay, that's fine. It's part of the fun. (laughs) Just leave it be. (laughs) Alright, you get the raw rosemary. Nice. (laughs) So, it's said that there was um, an indigenous slash aboriginal, depending which article you read, girl named Ulana. And I'm hoping I'm saying it correctly because there is three O's 
It is O O O L A N A. So it's I think it's Ulana. Like, you know, Ugenesis? O O Genesis? No. Well, it's like, no. it's a medical term for when, like, oh my god, I can't talk like this right now. Never mind. Ooh, Too much wine. Ulana, yeah, no. The science mind is uh, asleep. Um, a couple of the articles I read would mention a couple other names, and a lot of them had multiple O's. So I think it's just something this tribe did. Multiple O's in relation to each other. So like two to three O's in every name, sometimes repeated. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not going through all this. <laughs> but there's different stories. Some say she committed suicide. Some say she was killed. It's not solid. This is a quote-unquote old wives tale so how old like when is this taking place i could not find that i have tried i could not find Don't the date you hate that, that this yes it pissed me off so bad that's why it's an old wives tale there's no date of origin yeah there's no nothing and there's different takes on this story yeah and so like... I'm a, i kind of merged some of them fingers crossed we get some sort of truth to yeah. it <laughs> that's the thing like these for those of you listening, if you haven't realized by now, this type of content is not factually credible. And honestly, I almost want to just give up on being factually credible because it just, it doesn't happen in the sources almost ever. It's all anecdotal. It's all old wives tales, which can be fun. And I kind of want to make it fun. So mm-hmm. that's the fun part of it. Makes it enjoyable. Add some spice to your life yeah <laughs> who needs facts anyways come on <laughs> so it was said she committed suicide after not being allowed to marry the man she loved of course classic. so there was another rumor that she fell to her health ugh, fell to her death did you almost say she fell to her health yes wow <laughs> <laughs> that's what rating in five glasses of wine does yeah but it does not clarify whether if she fell, if it was done by someone, or if she jumped on her own accord. Again, all old wives' tales. Um, apparently, Ulana was married to an elder from her own tribe. I'm going to try to pronounce it, but I'm going to butcher it. Don't get mad at me. Yidinji? Y-I-D-I-N-J-I. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. Yeah, dingy. That's what I'm going with. Yet, shortly after Ulana and this guy, this elder, after they married, she fell in love with another man named Daiga? D-Y-G-A? <laughs> Your from expression a... <laughs> does not, like, show confidence at all. I wish everyone could see no. your expression right before you say this shit. I'm gonna stick with Ulana, Yadinji, and Daiga. Yeah. Just because I don't know where to go, I have no anything to work off of on pronunciation, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Please don't be mad at me. It's just my ignorance, this is what I'm going with. Um, apparently he was from a Turing tribe. Ulana and Daiga ran away from ran away to the Devil's Pool and were later found by the elder... Eh, I cannot talk. My Jesus... They were later found by the elders. Somehow, Ulana broke free and leapt into the creek waters, calling Daiga to follow. This call shook the water into action and the land vibrated around her, setting boulders flying into the creek and causing the calm waters to plunge forward violently. The elders learned of her affair with the young warrior and they tried to take him away, and ever since then she haunts the water in the areas surrounding it. She lures men into the pool and ultimately to their deaths. So she's like, she's like a siren. Yeah. Dope. In her own way. Yeah, that mm-hmm. kind of almost sounds like a, like an origin story, like a religious story, you know? Yep. Or cautionary tale or something. Yeah. Fun. Yep. So, in the last 50 years, there have been 20 reported deaths at this pool. All but one of them are young men. Reports of death started in 1959, and up until this last year, people still die at the Devil's Pool. 
despite it being fenced off and having warning signs posted everywhere, including one that is giant. It's like a three foot by something sign. The thing is huge. And it says, this creek has claimed many lives. Wet rocks are extremely slippery. Beware of rapid rising water levels. Do not swim in the main creek downstream of this point. This track leads to lookouts only. Lookouts only. For your safety, keep walking on the track provided. Jesus. So wait, is it a pool or is it a creek? Or is it a pool it's, and a creek? It's both. It's like a water source. So it's a little pond that's got a river, creek, small water source leading out of it. From like that goes down what you're a, saying, a mountain. it doesn't sound huge and dangerous. Like when I think of people dying in a creek, I think of like Boulder Canyon where during the spring it's like fucking dangerous. This sounds like a creek and a pond and mm-hmm. some slippery rocks. Yep. All right. So <laughs> I'm curious. Originally, these waters used to be calm. And in one of the articles I read, it sat one there was a family that lives there, they're locals, and when the water, when basically the tide is low, it's not the ocean, but basically the water levels rise and fall. So when the waters have fallen, they're more calm, and they've actually been able to swim through the tunnel that exists there. But if the waters are high, it is torrential. Okay, yeah. Dangerous. Are there mountains around here? Like, where is it? Yes, it's in okay, a rainforest so... near Qu- Queensland. It's okay. mountainous, yes. Gotcha. So there's potential glaciers adding to the water level. I'm not sure how much snow is a thing. Terrain, yes. I'm not sure if they really have snow. I don't know. None of the pictures I saw showed any. Pictures are beautiful. I mean, I understand why people would want to swim there, but with the amount of <laughs> signage in boarding off this area you'd think people would be like oh i should avoid that but no yeah so i'm interested you said 20 people right mm-hmm. and only one of which was a female mm-hmm. what do you know that story i have a couple of them i do have her listed briefly i have a couple of the deaths that happened here hell yeah i was not able to find all of them they just weren't written down well yeah if i had more time to do more digging i possibly could have found more information but this is what i got um they call this pond area the washing machine according to this man named mr lorry lawy sorry there's no r he was quoted saying it is always brave young men good young men who die doing these silly things The washing machine is called that because where people go in and where they end up dying, the water just spins around and around. It's all bubbles, so there is no buoyancy. It's dangerous water, and it sucks you under. So it sounds like, yeah, like drowning and getting... Mm -hmm. I've never, like, river rafted, but something I always hear about is, like, getting sucked under and just being, like, pinned. Yep. I've been... I've been tubing once, not quite river rafting. Because of my tubing incident, I do not want to go river rafting. Just going down a tube, the river was calm, but we went down this little slide almost, the way the rocks had been shaped, and the way the water churned, my tube flipped completely upside down, and I was stuck in the middle of it, and I couldn't get out of it on my own accord. I had to, someone like reached down and pulled me up out of the water. If that not had it. If that had not happened, I probably would have drowned. Yeah. It, my... Water is dangerous, and I learned a respect <laughs> for it. I will not go river rafting. My only similar experience is one time I went down a water slide, and somehow I turned around at the bottom of the water slide and just got face full of the water and was pinned right there at the bottom of the water slide. So, like, whatever sort of, like, physics is going on right there, mm-hmm. it's deadly, bro. yeah it really is that little four foot water slide in the river that flipped my tube over and kept me circling underwater in this one spot water churns it's got its own mind and i learned to respect for it yeah for real like oh we should go right water rafting no no i'm not doing that shit (laughs) maybe if it's like a level two i might but i know people have asked me like well let's go do a level four a level five like no 
No thanks. I respect the water and I'd like to keep my life. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a man named... We're getting into a few of the deaths. So a man named Peter McGann was 24 and in 1979 he slipped jumping a gap between two rocks and just simply disappeared. It took experienced divers five weeks and five days, so almost six weeks, to finally locate and free his body from the depths of the pool. So, like, his body was still spinning around down there? Mm -hmm. Like, in that one spot for, like, six weeks? Probably. Either pinned, could have gotten stuck. I mean, if you just have a loose body and churning waters, it could have gotten pinned between rocks. Like, who knows? But Uh. it was at the depths of the pool and it was not surfacing. Ugh. That's terrifying. Six weeks, he didn't get out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if this is just me, but the fact that he's 24, which is my current age, that also just, like, anytime I hear that, hits home. Straight home. Aw. <laughs> See, I feel for the divers, because water is not kind to corpses, and almost six weeks of being in the water, there's a point where... Depending on environmental circumstances, but generally, your skin just falls off. Oh, yeah. That like, it'll be attached, but you, like, go to grab them, and your their skin will just peel off. Oh. Sorry. It's morbid, but... Well, this is... Actually, in reference creeps. to morbid, if any of you have listened to morbid, um, Elena, she works as a... I wouldn't say mortician. It is more like the technician. She assesses the bodies and stuff like that. Mm. She's not... Like, a straight-up coroner. I don't remember Coroners, her title. Okay, here's what I know as a nurse. And one of my friends went through this type of schooling. There's coroners. Coroners do... Or coroners do, like, autopsies for people who have died under suspicious circumstances. Yeah, and she's Morticians. an autopsy technician. Yeah, so she maybe she, so like, like, assists a coroner. Morticians yeah, exactly. don't have to do autopsies. They make them pretty. They just, yeah, they make them pretty. They do the display. Mm-hmm. They do, you know, like my friend was telling me about how she um, sews lips shut, stuff like that, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are different, like, there's a whole ass yeah. funeral hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. And if I remember correctly, Elena is an autopsy technician. So she sees bodies in different states and she actually. I don't remember which episode, but she goes into the detail of what water does to a body. And there's times with the right conditions that your body can actually become waxy. It will mm. preserve itself Interesting. in its own way. Depending on, it has to have a lot of different things that contribute to it in the environment, in the water, in the humidity, what your body was like when it entered. The, it, there's a lot that goes into oh, it, but yeah. there is a way that your body can be preserved. But I don't think this is one of them. I'm pretty sure... If those divers had to recover that body, it would have been very difficult to pull it all up in one piece. Well, and the other thing, too, is if that body's spinning in the same spot underwater, I doubt it's mm-hmm. being scavenged, you know? That seems yeah. like a pretty not, violent There's not a lot of little... bacteria sticking to it. Right. So, in that respect, it's probably res- preserved because when bodies decay, for the most part, it's microorganisms, bacteria, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, in that respect... I mean, there might not be a lot of, like, biological breakdown, but physical mm-hmm. breakdown, like, waterlogged skin and muscles and whatnot. Yeah. I wonder if they just found, basically, like, a skeleton. Could be. I don't know. They didn't They didn't elaborate. But God, what a horrible See, listeners are aware, water is brutal to bodies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had found a recent article from The Australian... It was published on the 21st of October of this last year. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was making a report about a recent death to occur at the Devil's Pool. It was a 37-year-old man who had been missing for two days. Police divers located his body by mid-morning on a Wednesday. Have been taken... Oh, sorry. Reading my notes, I was just going back into... I've taken a course on search and recovery. And recovery divers, you're literally there to retrieve a corpse. Hence the talk about right, corpses and water. If people don't know, Asia dives, which is dope. Mm-hmm. And I've considered being a volunteer diver for search and rescues. Honestly, I just know it's hard on the mind, but 
Yeah, me, but it's like fun. You're the type I'm not, that's not yeah. <laughs> disturbed by cordyceps and you think it's cool. And like if you're yeah. that type, you'll probably like I don't know, you know I'd be able to stomach it more than most. Oh yeah. It's you probably of... could stomach it fine. There's some like psychological yeah. shit. Like the first couple times I saw dead bodies any any time you see a dead body, it's like fuck. But mm-hmm. if you've already got the mindset that can handle that, you could do it. It'd be it'd probably be cool. Yeah, I've definitely considered it. It's just most of the time it's volunteer work. Rarely are you paid. If it is, it's small amounts. So it's like, I want to. I can't afford to. <laughs> yeah, that always sucks. But I've got I've got goals for being a diver. I'm not quite there yet. And I think I would need to hit them before I'd be accepted as a rescue diver. Gotcha. Maybe some of the rescue divers I've met do not have a lot of experience in just basic dive skills. Anyway. That is super comforting. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's a dead body you're recovering. You very rarely ever cover someone who's still alive. So it's like, yeah, eh. I guess if you're dive rescue, <laughs> the person's been underwater. Rescue for a long translates time. quickly to recovery. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, so the acting inspector at the time, Brett Jenkin, voiced his frustration on how tourists keep ignoring the signs of danger and thinking that they're fine to enter the pool. He is quoted saying, It is a restricted area. It is well fenced and it is restricted for a reason. To warn people not to go into that area and for good reason. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) This reminds me, we talked about this, I think on the Wahila episode, because I think I went into a rant about how people don't respect nature and they don't understand Mm -mm. that nature doesn't give a fuck about your life and that it will kill you. And you're not a badass for ignoring the signs that people put up about how nature doesn't give a fuck about you and will kill you. No, you're an idiot. Yeah, stop, (laughs) please. What gets me about this specific case in particular is the man who died, the 37-year-old. His name was Shannon Hoffman. He was not at the pool alone. Apparently, he went there with another man, quote-unquote his friend, who left the pool unharmed. So... And then was also reported missing for two days. Wait, so his friend was missing for two days? But appeared? Shannon Hoffman was missing for two days, but he went up to that pool with a friend. Last person to see him. Friend left unharmed. And didn't report him? Maybe he reported him missing. Oh, we were at this area. So... You mean, how does a person go missing with a friend, like, literally there? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a little weird. So my cryptic mind is like, murder anyone? Murder? Moida? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, there are a lot of of deaths, as I mentioned, and the most recent-ish reports, um, there was one from about, sorry, about an Adelaide tourist who died in 2004, a Sydney businessman in 2006, and a Tasmanian naval seaman, na- seaman, seaman, James, <laughs> <laughs> James, his name was James Bennett. He was a 23-year-old, and he died in 2008. No, I was able to find. No. I was able to find some inter- information on him. Um, friend, he was there with a group of friends, and they claimed that the 23-year-old was swimming in calm waters when he was, quote-unquote, pulled backwards by an invisible force towards the rapids at the end of the pool. He reached for a branch, and it snapped before his head went under. I mean, an invisible force, though, is like a riptide. It's what say, we've I'm been thinking riptide. About. But they're trying to feed the haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was in the calm area and then out of nowhere he gets pulled to the rapids. Mm. And so, yeah. But yeah, no, I hear you. I, I'm yeah, surprised about you, the riptide. naval guy. They Yeah, it's like he's a seaman. Know at it. He's a seaman. Literally, 100% seaman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who yeah. was the other guy you mentioned? The one we were just talking about? No. The other guy. So that's our third one yet. So the first one or the second one? The other one. <laughs> the guy. So, oh, Never mind. Most of them Continue. are men. 
The first one, we talked about the divers taking almost six weeks to find the body yeah, yeah. in 97. Spinny Sorry, 79. Decomposing body, yes. Mm-hmm. The Navy guy. Second. Then, no, okay, the two you mentioned that didn't seem to have stories connected to them. Oh. 2004, um, 2000, whatever. An Adelaide tourist and a, and a Sydney businessman. Business What's the mm-hmm. businessman doing, though? Businessman. from Sydney. Get out of here. Came out for fun, I assume. Yo, businessman. Yeah, you have no... You don't know what you're doing. The Navy guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Okay, that's all I had to say. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> so, six months before the Navy man died, in April, an 18-year-old Madison Tam was swimming on the gated-off spot with six other friends when a current dragged her under, and five days after she disappeared, her body resurfaced, making her the first and only female on record to have died at the spot. Hmm. Okay, so, maybe this is jumping the gun. Is this a river spirit, or is it that chick you mentioned at the beginning? Ulana? Ulala? Umala? Ulana. Ulana. No one yeah. knows. I don't know. There is no mention of a river spirit, but considering the indigenous aboriginal people, it could be a cautionary tale applied to the river spirit. It could be both. Like, for like some it could reason, be one of those back in back in the day, this creek river pond has always been dangerous, sucking people in and killing them, so they created the tale of Ulana. That's my theory, yes. That makes sense. And it's dangerous depending on the water level. If it's low and it's calm, you're safe. If it's not, stay the fuck out. But you have to know the area. If you don't know that shit, businessman, get the fuck out of here. There are many locals who literally called it the washing machine. They would go there often. Yeah. And they knew to avoid it. Yeah. That's your All these people who have died are tourists. You ever, like, if you're a tourist, think about it this way. Do you want to be inside a washing machine? Probably not. Boom. You avoid death. There we go. Yep. But people aren't very smart, hence why it is boarded off with signs everywhere and people still do it. There have been multiple meetings, basically some sort of council about the health and safety of the area. And it's like, look, we've put up signs. There's only so much we can do. If people still choose to bypass that, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, for real. At that like, point, this might be hashtag an unpopular opinion. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, oh my God. You know when you like think of a word and you're like, I'm going to forget this word and then you forget it? Yep. I, I do. I, what is I it? identify what is with it? you. What is it when you're... Weak, you know. Weak-minded. No, 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 no. Life, you know, filters you out because you're weak. Survival of the fittest. There you go. It's survival of the fittest, everybody. If you're smart <laughs> enough to read the signs, you're smart enough to not die, and that's how it is. Unpopular yep. opinion. Hashtag. <laughs> so, last two reports. For this one, we're going to hop back in time a little bit. In 1933, a man named only as Mr. T. Winterbottom. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he disappeared nearby. While Aboriginal locals say another young man vanished after he kicked a plaque commemorating the dead, quote, he came for a visit and stayed forever, is written on an eerie plaque commemorating the death of a bather who was lost to the waters of the Devil's Pool. Damn. And then there was also an eight-year-old boy who died in 1940, but no. I couldn't find any record of him. Who his name was, what happened, no idea what happened there. No. But he Horrible. was mentioned. So yeah, that's the Devil's Pool in Queensland, Australia. Beautiful to look at. Go look at it. Don't go in it. Yeah, look but don't touch. Okay? Mm-hmm that easy read the signs fuck say you'd think yeah (laughs) this is just like the wahila and the canyon of the severed heads or whatever the fuck i covered i should know the name but don't yeah don't at me okay 
<laughs> if there's signs and people are telling you not to do it, just don't do it. They didn't like waste their time making signs for no reason. Okay, I'm done. Exactly. All right. Moving on. Part two. This is the Princess Theater in Melbourne. Hell yeah. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Where is Melbourne in regards to Queensland? Let me Google it. Keep talking. Oh, I'll say this. I talk to a decent amount of Australians online because I play a game online. It's called ESO. And if you like games, this is not an ad, but it sort of is because it's fun. And, like, I'd be playing with Australians, and they're spicy. Australians are spicy. They don't give a fuck. So, by car, it is 24 hours. Sorry, 25 hours to 31 hours, to pitch, depending what route you take. <sighs> okay, holy fuck. All right. So, if you're looking at Australia, eagle's eye view, Queensland is kind of in the upper right area, a little bit inland. And Melbourne is on the bottom right, right on the water. Okay, basically. so we're looking at inland versus coastal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's your answer. It's about 25 to 31 hours, depending how you drive there. It's not worth you it. You can also get a two-hour flight. Yeah, I would not drive there. <laughs> Fuck that. No. Two-hour flight versus... A day to a day and a half drive. I will Two take the flight. Two days, at least. Straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You'd be battling so. rattlesnakes and shit. Tarantulas. <laughs> They're probably jumping on your car. They're car-sized. You got, like, machetes chopping off legs out your window, shooting shit with <laughs> shotguns. No. I'd rather fly. <laughs> oh, my God. Alright, so this theater has one main resident ghost. We'll get to him later. There are reports of other spooky hauntings, but they're kind of contributed to him. But this resident has a reputation, and we'll get to him soon. As per usual. Are we going to get to him, though? Yes. I, I just, just have to I'm start like with the I'm like real nervous history. about this. Are we going to get to him? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll get there, I, I promise. Yeah. You promise? We just have to... I promise. Sure? Pinky okay. promise. Pinky promise can't break those (laughs) so i gotta get you some history and some background and i might bore you a little bit with some changing of hands but i stop about halfway through nah i'm gonna make it spicy i'm gonna try my best let's go okay so this theater dates back to can you guess 1889 almost the gold rush of 1854 fuck you were so close so close it's the 1800s always that's the best choice we just have a knack for finding stories that begin in the 1800s. Yeah, it's like the spookiest times. We're literally in the mm-hmm. 1800s. Maybe because that has something to do with, like, we started recording shit more in the 1800s. 18- I think that definitely plays a part. Maybe. So, a man named Tom Moore constructed a large structure similar to a barn called the Astley's Amphitheater. It was named in honor of Astley Road Amphitheater near Westminster Bridge in London. Okay? So, small little town. In the middle of this theater was a ring, and it was built for equestrian entertainment. Mm. Cirque du Soleil? Probably. Yes. (laughs) Three years later, in 1857, the amphitheater was remodeled a lot. It was reopened as the Princess Theater and Opera House. By 1855... The theater was owned by a partnership between three men. I didn't feel like getting their full names, so it is, we're going with last names. Williamson, Musgrove, and Garner. I'm sorry, what? You like The theater had out. fallen to disrepair, and the three of them decided to demolish the existing building and just build a new one. You said Williams who and so, who? There was a long list of people who built this new one, but apparently they're a bunch of good architects and designers, and if you feel like looking them up well you can click the link and find them when you become a patreon right right (laughs) you can read this list of like seven different people anyways this new theater was built with a bunch of good minds architects designers and they had a lot of different additions to put into it this new theater was completed in 1886 oh my god 1886 
11 years of remodeling this building. 1881. That's when my last episode took place, bro. It's haunted Mm -hmm. as fuck. Okay, sorry. Yep. The cost of building this was about... I don't... I think it was pounds. So 50,000 pounds in 1886. In today's money, converting it to dollars... That's $1,621,853.44. That's so precise. Did you, like, do that yourself? Yes, I found a calculator and I did maths. Bro, the dedication, though. I just, like... I wanted to do it. Whenever I see that (laughs) conversion, like, 1000 to 30000 in today's money, I just assume it's true. You're, like, going above and beyond. I just googled things like what is the rate from pounds to dollars and then I looked at the inflation rate from this time to this time and then I just translated it over. Damn, bro. That's yeah. complex. So, a million and a half dollars. We'll keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. There you go. So, this new theater, the Princess Theater, was officially opened on December 18th. 1886. The new design included Australia's first retractable ceiling. This would open completely and ventilate the auditorium. You mean like a football stadium? Yes. The whole ceiling moved in 1886. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, In 1899, one of those three owners I mentioned earlier, Williamson, left the trio to form his own company, and Musgrove continued to operate the theater until 1910. In 1915, Ben Fuller took control, and in 1922, renovated the theater yet again. A copper awning was added, and the auditorium and foyers were redone. In 1922, the theater was reopened yet again. Um... Fuller ended up dying in 1952, and it changed hands to Garnet Carroll. And I'm just going to stop boring you with all the details of who owned and renovated this theater. It keeps going. That was about halfway through, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier about boring us, and I was like, nah. But now I'm like, what? Garnet who? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it keeps going. Jeez. This is probably about halfway through it. This own this theater has been owned and renovated by so many different people, and they're all named, and I just, I gave up halfway through. I'm like, this is enough. I'm bored. Everyone else is going to be bored. Yeah. Let's move on. Did you happen to get a sense of, like, why so many people have owned it and renovated it and then given up and sold it again? Um, it seemed like... Just moving with the times. I mean, part of it was the original building started decaying. So they wanted to revamp it, make it usable again. Another one ended up adding, like, marble staircases and shit. So they wanted to make it look more regal and more like a place you want to go versus just, oh, there's a place you can go be entertained. Here's a theater. So I think a lot of it was just due to some politics. I mean, people taking it over it owning it some of them dying some of them being like i'm done with this shit i'm gonna go do my own thing and just changing hands that was about what i got out of it It just seemed like life happened and multiple different people owned this building at different times huh i think i zoned out again (laughs) hey you asked the question yeah fair enough okay hauntings yes yes this haunting in particular is a ghost his name is Frederick Federici. Well, You're so much better at this voiceover shit. Can you just, like, voice <laughs> my life? Yes, I will be your narrator. <laughs> Thank you. So, that was a stage name. His real name is Frederick Baker. Oh my and god, he was... he's not even Italian. Nope. So, he wanted to sound Italian. And he was a... Uh, baritone vocalist who moved on to acting and this particular age is important of 37 so he started um, as an actor and a baritone vocalist in the late 1800s so like 1880 ish in 1888 he was playing the role of satan in the play faust in this particular classic 
Mm -hmm. In this particular part of the play, he was taking the actor playing Dr. Faustus down to hell through a trapdoor on the stage. Okay? Yes. I have a quote here. Standing over the stage trapdoor in a mirage of smoke and fire, Federici wrapped his scarlet cloak around his victim, and he spoke his character's final lines. It might be. They were the final lines he would ever deliver. Oh, God. End quote. So what happened? In that moment of him going down the trap door, Federici suffered a heart attack and died almost instantly. Like, they moved into a green room and he died. As he was falling through the door? As they were going through the trap door, yes, he died. <laughs> he got a heart oh, attack, no. they moved him to a green room and he died. What is a green room? Asia, the theatrical um, one. It's almost like a changing room. It might be a little bit different at the time because we never called them green rooms, but we had different, basically backstage, here's your area to be. Like if you're in this crew, you're in this backstage. If you're in this crew, you're on this backstage. What or if you're crew? male versus female. What is a crew? Hmm? Cast. Cast members. Like, a crew. Like, like different member... Different characters are in different crews? It can be. Theater has different hierarchies depending on the play. The One of the bigger ones that I was in, um, we had separated dressing rooms for uh, males versus females in addition to the types of roles. I was doing four different roles at the time, and half of them to three quarters of them were more important roles, so I got put into the specific female higher up role area oh my if you were god just... you were like a diva i was a diva <laughs> i had like lights around my mirror and everything oh my god uh, <laughs> classic <laughs> but there was like 12 other girls in there too no fuck that I mean, we had a bro. cast we had a cast of like almost 80 people but there were only 12 to 15 of us in this one room so and i think that the was lower... your crew yeah that okay. was my crew out of the whole cast, there's, like, different sections, at least where I did theater and when I did it, and that was a while ago. Theater but. was, like, the one thing I never did, because whenever I act, especially in, like, important scenes, it just is funny. Like, if, if you shoot me in a scene, <laughs> it's funny. I'm pretending to die. That's just funny to me. That's hilarious. All right. Uh, yeah. Federici suffered a heart attack and died nearly instantly. At the end of the opera, the audience was very confused when they were told of his death because they had seen Federici taking his bows along with the rest of the cast. And oh, as of shit. today, in his honor, a seat in the third row of the dress circle is left empty in his honor. Oh, it's like the freaking... Fan Damn it, I forgot. Yes, thank you. Oh. As soon <laughs> I thought as I that think I'm going to forget it, I forget it. It's the Phantom of the Opera. They always leave him a seat. Yep. yep. I thought that immediately when I saw that. I, I like, wonder if great. they're connected. Like, this may be where he came from. I've wanted to do some digging. I didn't have time to do it, but I was on the same Wavelength. train of thought there. Yo, we're cousins, mm -hmm. you know. The blood be pumping <laughs> through our brains together. What? Yep. <laughs> Federici is still seen visiting rehearsals and I have another quote <clears throat> in the years that followed actors, stagehands and even patrons began reporting strange happenings at the Princess Theatre audience members reported odd lights flashing on and off during theatre performances stagehands and artists described feeling something brushing past them in empty corridors Strangest of all were the reported sightings of Federici. Witnesses said that his ghost appeared as a tall figure of a good-looking man in full evening dress, hair slightly graying at the temple, and of stylish appearance. It is said that Federici appears at night. Usually he sits around the center of the second or third row in the theater's dress circle. Sometimes he changes seats to watch the faces of the critics. Some say they have observed the Italian frowning at the weak performances of inferior actors taking notes and brushing his hair back with impatient gestures when he is displeased. 
eventually, the ghost glides off through the boxes, disappearing down the stairs behind the royal box. Every opening night, a seat in the dress circle at the Prince's Theatre is left empty for Federici. It is a good luck sign if his ghost appears. Okay, no. This is definitely the Phantom of the Opera. I'm, like, not mm-hmm. even guessing. Yeah. Like, I'm 100% <laughs> certain this is where he came from. I just looked up Faustus, because I remember learning about it in my English class. It's by Christopher mm-hmm. Marlowe. And I was hoping, with all hope, that, you know how in the Phantom of the Opera, he does a play similar to Faustus. It's the same scene. It's the same scene. Okay, the fiery gates of hell. Psh. We freaking solved it, yes. dude. It is. It's the Phantom of the Opera. This is where mm-hmm. it came from. I 100% believe that, and I'm going to look it up after this. I think you should look it up now while I'm talking. Okay, go ahead. So, we're moving into quotes and reports, generally. One says, Fred is very much a benevolent presence. Nothing nasty ever happens. He's more of a friendly poltergeist. Obviously, they don't know the term poltergeist. I would have used friendly ghost. But. Right, because poltergeists are commonly, like, not friendly. Yeah, they're usually the ones that are trying to fuck everything up and make you feel disoriented and confused and, like, what the fuck just happened? Um, let's see. This one's from a fireman. Attending the theater when a fire alarm had sounded, it was a false alarm. One of the firemen attempted to open a sliding section of the roof to let in some fresh air, and he was later found by his colleagues, huddled in a corner, shaking with fear. As moonlight flooded the theater, the fireman claimed he had seen a figure, standing, statue-like, in the middle of the stage. I could see through him, the fireman claimed, and his eyes, they were like a cat's eyes. This report was made in 1900. Like, literally in 1900. Alright, I did some research, and it looks like... Wikipedia claims the Phantom of the Opera is not based on this. They didn't explicitly say that, but they're not mentioning it. It's based off a French book, and the French book, apparently the guy says he just came up with it, but like, yo, it's gotta be from this Princess Theater shit. It's too closely connected, there's no way. Can you look up when that book was published? Yeah, you know, I'm a little drunk right now. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking, like, Family of the Opera has a lot of these themes in it, but it is its own story. So maybe the French book, it was written like commemoratively in its own way. Like it's got different points of it that it wanted to use and just created its own story. Right. I mean, the empty seat, the play in particular, the phantom and how he behaves, these parts do point to this story, but the rest of it is its own thing. I'll let you look that up. Um, Staff, maintenance, and security workers mostly heard odd noises or saw a figure near the stage. Other staff have reported feeling strange or uncomfortable. They would get goosebumps for no reason or feeling temperature changes for no reason. Hot spots, cold spots, you know. Uh, Audience members reported odd lights flashing on and off during performances stagehands artists and actors described feeling something brush past them in empty hallways and some have seen federici himself repeating the statement earlier of a tall figure and good-looking man in full evening dress hair slightly graying at the temple and full of stylish appearance Uh, last quote here is i felt something bad behind me it touched my hair and my shoulders and my back And I was just frozen. I turned around, and there was no one there. The theater was closed, and I never believed in ghosts before, but I believe in them now. Dang. I didn't hear any of that because I was doing research. But I don't think they're connected, (laughs) bro. It's sad to say, but they're not claiming any... I think it was inspired. Yeah, it's gotta be. Come on. Tell us what you think, listeners who are listening. Yeah, give us your opinion. Reach out on Instagram, Twitter. Fuck, email us directly. Yeah, fuck. Call me. Become a Patreon and talk to us whenever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> and see our notes, and you can go click all my links about all the history I didn't feel like disgusting because there were too many people involved. 
but yeah, that those were my stories. My international episode. Two little baby ones from Australia, and hopefully next time we breach into Australia, I can get more information on that Fremantle prison stuff, because there was, there was a lot that happened there. Yeah, it seemed like you purposely skipped over it because it was so damn juicy that you needed it for the saving it like a little morsel for Australia for the Australia episode. I need to do a lot of deep digging in it. Yeah, because like going to their website and stuff, it was very historical. Matter of the fact, this happened, this happened, this person died, this happened, this this happened. It was cool to read and cool to see, but it would not be fun to listen to for like an hour. Gotcha. Yeah, and there it's listed on some of the most top haunted areas in Australia, but there wasn't, every time I looked things up, it was, it was like, oh, and people hear this. I hate that. Oh, and people feel that. I hate it. So. It's like. I want to dive deeper. I know there's more in there. I just don't know where to find it yet. I don't have the time to do that today. So I just gave you two little baby stories and the couple hours I had to do my notes. I did all this in like maybe three hours, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, life has been throwing us some curveballs, and we've been taking it, so. That's for sure. Gotta have respect for that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Definitely hear you there. Cool. I think next week, which is actually three weeks from now, I want to do a tombstone deep dive. Maybe if you have downtime at night, you can start touching on your notes, so when you come back, you can just dive right back into tombstone. I doubt it. Also, I realized that on the last episode, I was like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, but I'll come back with $10,000 and didn't explain it. And that can be <laughs> perceived as... Bitch, who you whoring? A lot of, yeah, a lot of different <laughs> things. Okay, I finally found a job out here in California uh, doing disaster response. So I'm going to be sent to Sacramento to work on a team that is responding to COVID. And the reason it's $10,000 is COVID response is like, they need people, so they're paying a lot for it. That's why it's going to be 10000 for two weeks. It's not because I'm like a drug dealer, I swear. It's hazard pay. It's hazard pay. And you're a nurse. And you I'm deserve it. Thank you. You're so <laughs> sweet. I never wanted to go through that. I've had a lot of people you should tell me you should be a nurse. And I'm like, well... Well, I could stomach stomach it, and it would be fine. I don't want to deal with the politics in it. Mm. And there are just some days where it's like, fuck people. Yeah, you know? And I don't need to be taking care of patients when I'm in that mode of, fuck people. I don't give a fuck if you live or die. I'm pissed right now. Life has gone to (laughs) shit. Leave me alone. Yeah. They deserve better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Probably not the best mindset to be taking care of people in. My mindset is... I will take care of people on my own time. Yeah. (laughs) My mindset for the next two weeks is I'm going to work hard because I haven't been working and I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to do Tombstone. I think there's a lot more to get into there. And then, Good deal. yeah, that'll be next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's see. When will this release? Do math. Uh... Uh, my phone won't open. <laughs> Alright. So, we might actually, depending on when I get this episode out, it'll either be the last week of January or the first week of February. Cool. We'll find out. This month has fucking flown by. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> 2021. Woo! It's like I just had my birthday. Happy birthday! What the fuck <laughs> Yours is coming up soon. And faster than you realize. Shh! Shut up. <laughs> hey, you get to call in and get your car insurance dropped. I'm sorry, what? The price goes down when you turn 25. Uh, what? There's, well, when you're young, especially if you're a young boy, insurance rates are a lot higher because you're considered rec- reckless with no experience. Mm. When you hit 25, that drops. Hell yeah. Now you're an adult. So, something to look forward to. Happy birthday to me. Yep. (laughs) Cool. So, that's a fun fact. All right, friends. When you turn 25, follow up on that. Yep. Patreon. (laughs) Facebook. Oh, God. We need Patreon. Instagram. 
Yep. Gmail. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. Gmail. Podbean. I don't know if that what? one's true. <laughs> I made that we up. Get, we, honestly, we get emails from Podbean, but I don't think we actually went with them. Yeah, no, we didn't. Hit us up. We went with... If you got stories, hit us up. If you think we suck, yes. hit us up. If you think we're good, yeah. hit us up. If you tell us that we suck, you will probably have that comment read on air because we'll find it hilarious. Well, because we do suck. So. <laughs> we own it. So for us, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we don't know we suck until you tell us. So just saying. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You keep it creepy. Keep it weird. Keep it fun. Keep it. Most of all, the creeps are important. Keep it haunty. I just mm-hmm. like saying that because it's stupid. <laughs> keep it haunty. Keep it creepy. Keep it spoopy. Keep it spooky. Yes. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Until next time. Bye-bye.